You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 246 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. Now, Gina and I are pre-recording this because she's going to be off to Sicily, jet-setting all on the other side of the world, as she normally does. She'll also be taking some wonderful photographers with her on this cool photography tour of Sicily. Uh, But before we get on to that, Gina, how's the packing going? What are you taking with you? You know, you know how I pack. It's so last minute, uh, yes. and I'll be seeing you the night before I go to Val, yes. uh, which is exciting. Uh, but uh, one thing that I'm super, super excited is I've bought myself a new camera. So I've uh, been loving wow. the Fuji X100F that I've been using. So uh, I've kept that. But I've now gone up a notch with the Fuji and I've got myself the X-T3 uh, and it came highly recommended wow. by a lot of other Fuji users. And also many of the Goldies are using the X-T3 and I've been looking at their shots going, oh my God, the resolution on this camera is amazing. So that's what actually got me across the line. And, and uh, so Have you I've, played with it yet? I haven't, um, I've got the batteries charging as we speak and uh, I will do a test shot and it's just like what I do with the gold members. I pull out my styrofoam head and I practice that way. Uh, That's how I test my cameras out for the first time and I'll probably go out tomorrow and um, give it a good workout, read the manual, Valerie, and uh, just get my head around all the dials and uh, I have get, to say, this is a conversation I never thought that I would um, be having with you because when you went with your, large, your last Fuji, I thought, you know, it's a phase. It's like a one-night stand. I thought the same she's, about that with she's you just and gonna... painting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought it'd be like a one-night stand, but then, you know. Uh, but it seems to have ignited some other kind of, you know, desire in you. It's, because it's honestly, a long term. I never, I never thought that you, who has sworn by Canon for mm. the last twenty, more than twenty years that I've known you, mm. would be having this conversation with me. It's quite a shock. I'm. They're still a great system. Look. The Canon has its place in a lot of my commercial work, but when I travel, I I can't beat the Fuji. I really can't because it's so light and it's so hard to travel with all those big 
heavy lenses and heavy cameras and just the joy of having this tiny little system that no one, everyone looks at you like you're an amateur, which is great for me because no one takes me seriously when I carry those cameras. And that's one of the things I love about them, but also like the detail is amazing. So I'm very excited to uh, share those images uh of with the xt3 and we will probably uh do a uh post sicily trip uh podcast and i'll, I'll talk i just about want all to emphasize that. to everyone that none this is not sponsored in any no. way shape or form either by canon or by fuji both gina and i pay full price full for price. all the camera gear no no actually no that, tell a lie Val, I tell a lie. What's Whenever that? I buy anything, anything at all, anything, okay. anything, if not I just camera gear, if I can't get ten percent off okay, the retail, sure. uh, I'm not doing my job. So I will ask for a ten percent discount up front on everything, and I. The listeners get, get it. my point. We pay for our camera gear. None of <laughs> this price. is sponsored. So yes. the opinions that you're hearing here are real. Now you've got some really cool people going with you as participants on your upcoming Sicily tour, photography tour, isn't that correct? Yeah, I'm very excited. There is actually uh, three of the people that are coming on uh, Goldie, so I can't wait to work with them, but we've been chatting back and forth and it'll just be, and I've got an idea of where they are and I can't wait to take them to like up three or four levels. I'm I'm very excited to uh, do this trip. I can't wait. And if you're not, if you're familiar, if you're new to this podcast, you're wondering what Jean is referring to. The Goldies, they're members of the Gold Community. And to find out more about the Gold Community, have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so if you're interested in the gold community, it'd be great to see you in there. Now let's move on to this week's topic, which I think is really cool. It's how to create high-end images on a budget. Now, who doesn't want to know that? Because, hey, we're all on a budget and, well, I certainly think it's great to create (laughs) high-end images. I guess it depends on what your goal is, but it's definitely a useful topic. How to create high-end images on a budget and you're talking to... Rahim Mustafa, tell us all. 
So those of you who are in the podcast Facebook group, uh, you'll be familiar with Rahim's epic fitness and cinematic shots. You know, that if you, when you look at his images, they look like the kind of images you'd see on movie billboards. And he's only been doing this for five years. And so uh, I've known of Rahim's work for, uh, you know, a little over that, that five years now and have watched his work grow and evolve uh, to the to to the epic standard that it is now, and I think uh, I, I've got high hopes for Rahim's career over the next few years. I think he's uh, really going places, and so um, in this episode, uh, Rahim shares how he broke into the photography industry and. What I wanted to uh, ask him about was that you know the stages that he went to 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 develop this style, uh, how he approaches the people that he works with, and how he uses these really simple lighting setups using. Um, like he does use some high-end gear sometimes, but most of the time it's as simple as using uh, speed lights and very simple modifiers. So he runs us through uh, the techniques he uses to set up his lighting. It's a really interesting uh, interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Rahim Mustafa, welcome to the show. How are you going? Not bad. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, I, I should say because it's so early in the morning, I'm a little bit like, what? It is. What's going on? <laughs> so, so where in the world are you and what time have I, what ungodly hour have I gotten you up at? Well, there were so many slots I could choose. So I chose the latest one, which is 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so I actually, my body clock, for some random reason, woke me up at like quarter to six in the morning or something. Wow. And I went to bed at midnight, you know, so... I've had five hours and a bit of sleep, so. Wow. So so you're a UK-based photographer and uh, people who listen to the podcast will know your work because you're a, an active member of the Facebook group. But, like, tell us about your day job. What is it that you do when you're not um, taking photos? Oh, okay. Well, my day job is, uh, I've been doing it for about 20 years, um, is I'm an editor, so I make TV shows. So when I first started out, I was doing like, you know, I, I was in the corporate sector, kind of like marketing and that sort of stuff. And then um, just after I got married, I was made redundant, which was awesome. So I, I, um, uh, I went freelance, yeah, about 15 years ago, and then I pretty much straight away fell into the TV world. So um, uh, I've been doing that ever since, really. And the thing with that particular job is that um, they book you for weeks, sometimes months at a time. So um, uh, it kind of clashes with the photography stuff. Yeah, because obviously, you know, it pays OK and yeah. stuff uh, and having bills and a mortgage and kids and everything. You know, what I mean, it's, it's difficult to give up the day job and uh, jump ship into photography. So um, I'm, I'm yet, if at all, ever going to make that leap and stuff, you know, like currently I've I've just been booked for six months. Oh, solid, fantastic. maybe even a slightly more. That's a good. Well, yeah, it is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not it's not all the, the same show. It's yeah. actually different companies, but it just as it happens. I literally finished one job on a Friday and I go straight into the next one on the Monday. So um, no breaks for me for the next six months. So And it's intense work. I mean, because, you know, I, I, I work in television myself and that, that like I do a lot of the uh, promotional photography for TV shows and just seeing how they're made and the turnaround. Are you doing those crazy hours as well when, when you're like 12 hour days and, and things like that? 
I, I'm kind of lucky. I mean, um, some jobs uh, you will have to put in the hours kind of stuff, you know, depending on deadlines and all that kind of stuff. But um, generally, it's kind of like an eight hour day. So I'm kind of lucky. Um, I am fast. So maybe that's because of that. So I get the job done quick and stuff. But for instance, the job that I'm doing now um, that I have to shoot off to today, incidentally, today's a bank holiday. So it should be technically a day off. Right. Um, I'm actually going into work today. But uh, the, the yeah, the job I'm doing now is like... I start at eight in the morning and work through to six and I and also uh, don't have a lunch break. And that's not because they tell me not to have a lunch break because that's illegal. Yeah. It's because it, the workload is just so much that if I need to hit this deadline, I have to work straight through 10 hours yeah. um, to get it done. And, you know, come sort of four thirty, five o'clock, your brain starts slowing down because you're like, oh, this just do my head in a bit, <laughs> you know. But it's only a short stint. I'll be done on the 17th of this month with yeah. it. So I don't mind, you know, that you've got to do it sometimes. So you've been a freelancer then for, for 15 years, is that right? Mm. Yep, so, 15 years. And so living that freelance lifestyle, I think it takes uh, a number of years to get that confidence to know that like, okay, you'll have like a whole, but like, it seems from my experience when you're freelancing is everything comes at once and then there's nothing <laughs> For a little while, <laughs> and the first little while that you're doing that, you, you that 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 moment where there's no work, the the mind goes to all these uh, really weird places where you start to actually believe and convince yourself that no one wants me anymore, and I'm never going to work again, and I'm going to die alone in a ditch. Did did you have <laughs> that experience early on as a freelancer, and um, how is that putting in that time, knowing that there's uh there's patterns that start to happen and you can recognize them. And how does that influence your uh, other, the, the other hat that you have as a, a commercial photographer? How does that give you some sort of sense of um, everything will be okay? Well, I remember a few years ago, I, I um, was in that patch where I had no work mm. and um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I was so scared. I couldn't go back to sleep, you know, because I was like, <laughs> I literally have no work. What am I going to do? Money's running out, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and, and then after a while, I started thinking about it. I was like, do you know what? Worrying does nothing other than make you worry. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like you, you just get scared and worried about the, you know, natural, natural to start getting worried and stuff. But um, the actual process of worrying does nothing. Other, it's not good. So I was like, right, rather than worry, be proactive. Do you know what I mean? So recently, just before this, you know, the six months, Block um, booking that I've got. Again, I had a period of no work. Yeah, and um, and I, and I can't remember. It was it was probably a good couple of months. Plus, I fell ill and stuff, and I was like literally not able to work um for a few weeks and stuff. But uh, when I knew that the work was running out TV wise, I thought, well, I'm just gonna hammer my photography. And in fact, in a weird way, I look forward to it sometimes, provided I got some money and savings and I can actually live off it. I was like, right, well, I'm just going to do as much as I can with my photography again because the day job keeps getting in the way of, you know, the photography and the the, the creative stuff and the stuff I love that I really want to do, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I did a, a photography workshop sort of collaboration with another photographer. I, yeah. I was trying to sort out my own workshops and, you know, just – putting myself out there and making myself seem like I'm active again, you know, because it's, it, it, it was difficult to um, shoot and do stuff and put out fresh content when, you know, the day job keeps getting in the way kind of thing. Yeah. So, th I mean, that that's a good lesson. And it did like, for me, it took me uh, many, many years to, to, to actually have the confidence that like, this is a pattern. And I think the, 
the the thing that really helped me is when I was working as a photography assistant, I saw that pattern in the photographers that I was working for as well. There'd be a period of intense activity and then nothing, then a period of intense activity. And I'm like, all right, well, this is universal as a freelancer. So, uh, you know, I could then either sit there and wallow in, in those periods where there was nothing happening and just worry about there's no money coming in or get out there and use that time to shoot folio and get my retouching skills up to scratch and things like that. So, so I think that's a, a, a like you've got a, a nice little balance having both those industries there, which uh, teach you uh, and keep you calm, I guess. But mm. what I want to ask is like ha- when you're working on these uh, TV jobs, are you doing no photography at all? The, it's weird. The photography is always there, you know, even if it's like just posting stuff on Facebook, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm. it's generally, uh, if, I, if I'm working full-time, you know, and they, I, I do tend to be, if I'm booked, I'm working, it's, you know, it's full-time during the week kind of stuff. Um, I'll be working on uh, weekends or something, trying to organize shoots and stuff. But even then, it's not always possible because, you know, if I'm working full-time, then the wife has plans for us on the weekend and yeah. stuff. And so photo shoots fall out the window. And before you know it, you know, weeks can go by where there's no no shoots gone on and yeah. stuff, you know. So sometimes, like like you said, it's uh, you you might then spend time, you know, watching some um, uh, Photoshop tutorials or whatever, you know, brushing up on your skills or just trying to – because, like, I've got, like, um, a to-do list of stuff that I want to get around to doing. Um, and so it's it's – Sometimes if I can't physically actually go out and shoot, I'll just work on my to-do list and trying to, you know, get things together, be that sort of sorting out my website or putting terms and conditions together, you know, stuff like that. So it's kind of like the back end stuff rather than out shooting. Yeah. So I've got your image here, the, the, uh, the, 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 it's not a, is it a selfie that you took of you? You've got your arms out and. (laughs) Flexing uh, that thing, a very good-looking well, tricep there too, Rahim. So obviously, <laughs> you, you like to spend a bit of time in the gym, and I think um, I can remember when I the, like the first contact I had with you was I had done uh, an interview with Andrew Helmich on his Photo Biz X uh, podcast, and I think it was over five years ago. And you had contacted me on social media saying, I've just uh, finished my workout at the gym. I was listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, uh, you, you just wanted to say hi. And uh, and now, like, I, suddenly you start churning out all these uh, amazing fitness shots. And then I look at you and so I think you're you're into that industry, right? You're, you're, you're into fitness yourself. Well, if you looked at me this morning, you wouldn't say that. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, basically that that particular photo is it's a bit it's tongue in cheek, really, because yeah, um, I actually took that picture. Um, I don't know last year sometime when I did it was at the end of uh, a training um, thing that I did with the personal trainer. I did like fourteen weeks of intensive training, so I was in fairly good shape. Yeah, and I thought, well, let's document it kind of stuff. So I was just like throwing different poses. But then I, I thought, you know, like some some photographers have their profile pictures and stuff. And I thought, rather than me and a camera or something saying, I'm, I thought, no, I'm just going to put this out because it's a bit of personality in the shot or whatever. And I hope people can tell that I'm just having a bit of fun with my blue steel sort of pose it, it, in my face. It is very stuff. much a blue steel. And so, how did you get into photography? Because it, was it like that you just 
people started asking you to take shots of them or what, what, what was it? Was it something, a love that you always had? What's the story? Well, that back then, you know, like when you mentioned the five years ago and yeah. stuff, um, the was X thingy. That was basically at the start when I, I've, I've probably only been shooting for about five or six years. And it was, I was on fire with like, oh, I want to, you know, I was like a sponge kind of thing, absorbing yeah. and trying to look as much as I can and everything. And, um, no, I started out basically, you know, like I said, I'm, I've been freelance editing for 15 years. I'm also a trained cameraman and, um, they, the the company that I used to work for taught me how to um, film, right. and I think that helped with my photography. You know, just yeah. basic kind of you know exposure and composition and framing and all that kind of stuff. But the photography started basically. My my um, father in law had a little coffee shop not far from here. You know, and and he, basically it was just like he had like a soft play area in there and stuff. And the mums were in there all day with their kids, but he had space upstairs. And he basically wanted to get more people through the door. So he just rang me one evening and he said, look, um, how about you take pictures of the kids? Because the mums love all that kind of stuff. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? And I said, well, I'll think about it. Because I had a DSLR, but I had it for video because I was doing wedding videos and stuff like that. Right. And uh, he said, oh, don't worry, you'll be, you're a professional. You'll be fine. <laughs> so he literally, as soon as he put the phone down, he started making appointments and taking bookings for me. And I was like, like, what are you doing? I'm not a photographer. You know, it's like, I don't know anything about posing and lighting and all that kind of stuff. And it was literally two weeks after the first phone call, after that phone call, that my, was my first appointment. Yeah. So I had two weeks to learn to become a photographer almost, if you know what I mean. So um, I, I I spent two weeks on YouTube watching tutorials about studio lighting and posing and all that stuff. I bought the cheapest stuff I can get on eBay. Yeah. Like, and I just thought, I'll, I'll do like, you know, the infinite white studio kind of stuff that you, at the time, you well, you still see it today. Yeah you know, the, the kind of like popular family stuff. And I thought, well, if I do that and then, so it's straightforward, I don't, no props, nothing to worry about or whatever. And then I'll just do it cheap, you know? And then if, if I'm cheap, uh, no one's going to complain that my photos aren't very good, you know? So, um, and I just jumped in the deep end and I, and I had a fairly decent sort of studio kind of setup there and stuff, you know, and, um, but my camera was rubbish and, I, I was struggling with a white balance. Everything was coming out pink or green. And I was like, what the, so I would just turn everything black and white quickly as a cheat. And, you know, but, um, that's how I got the bug for photography. Cause, um, I, yeah, I was, you know, shooting portraits, but then I went out and shot all sorts of stuff, you know, I was like, just to see what I love and what I like the most. But in the end, it came back to, um, portraits, you know, like it, it was shooting people that I liked the most, you know, because a tree, or some sort of or a flower will never say thanks man you made me look awesome you know <laughs> and i just like i just like making people happy and the reaction and and, and i'm a i'm a people's person so yeah. i like you know spending time with people and just they become my clients become my friends they every single person that i've done a shoot with are on my facebook friend list you know i don't treat them as like next you know just a client or a customer kind of thing you know they become my friends yeah i can feature that just going back to that first shoot do you think it was an advantage or a disadvantage to have all that knowledge about filming when you were shooting? Because you, you're telling me that you're shooting and you're worrying about white balance and things like that. It's like, And sometimes I see this with new photographers that have watched too many YouTube videos and they're worrying about stuff that's uh, all the technical stuff rather than worrying about just perfecting the, the the actual art of photography like composition and things like that do you, do you think it was a, a help or a hindrance to have all that background 
when you're coming into photography? Well, for me, I th- prop. Uh, personally, I think it was well. I wouldn't say it was a hindrance uh, because I knew because because it was infinite white I was going for. I, these pictures needed to be white, <laughs> you know, yeah. the white background yeah. would be white. So therefore, I knew I was like, I can't, I can't print this picture and give them, a, 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 you know, a slightly green infinite, yeah. whether it be green or infinite pink, yeah. you know. And uh, it, it was down to the camera that I was using and stuff because it was just complete entry level camera, yeah. and it wasn't really good with the studio lights. Of course, I didn't know this until I rocked up at the gig kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And, you know, eventually upgraded and whatever. But um, uh, no, it's because I knew what I was going for and I wasn't getting it. That's that's what was sort of irritating me. I mean, I was still getting, I think I was getting the composition right and the lighting was fine. But it was just literally, that was kind of like the main issue back then um, was getting the, uh, getting the white balance right. I mean, I was good w- working with the kids and stuff like that, you know. So um, I, w- I was getting the shots. Uh, that I wanted from the people, if you know what I mean. But um, it was just, yeah, the technical aspect that was bugging me. And do you think if you didn't have that baptism of fire, if, you, if your father-in-law hadn't have gone ahead and booked the stuff, do you think you would have uh, set it up yourself and, and done something so – it's it's kind of um, daring and out there to just, just book a shoot and do it? Do, do you think that helped? Like because often if you think about it, you go, all right, I've got a – plan everything and make sure I've got all the best gear and make sure I'm going to do it right rather than just jumping in and doing it. Yeah. Come to think of it. Um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it, mm. you know, but it's the same thing. It's the same sort of thing or rather I would, it would, it would have taken me longer to do it kind yes. of stuff, you know, but by, by having that deadline, it's happening. <laughs> You're like, right, I better get my flipping stuff together. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing with me organizing my own workshops. Cause over the years with the, um, you know, the fitness stuff that I'm shooting, yeah. people have, you know, they like the look and the lighting that I do. Cause you know, I should say that most of my stuff when I'm doing fitness, uh, I'd say 95% yeah. is all off camera flash yeah, and, um, or studio stuff, mostly off camera flash, you know, just, um, speed lights and stuff like that. So people want to learn how to do that, you know, and create that kind of look, you know, even, you know, just using one light and stuff. So I thought, why don't I, why don't I sort of run a workshop at a gym around the corner from here? You know, I know a gym uh, locally and I'll get one of my fitness pals in and stuff. And then, um, you know, I'll run a workshop for like 10 photographers or whatever, you know, and, uh, I've still not done it (laughs) because it's just like, I'm, I'm in the sort of like planning process and I, I haven't even approached people to like, see if I can use the gym or, you know, it's, it's literally just still on pen and paper kind of, um, thing, but I could easily do it. I know Easily. I can do it, but of it's just like, you could. Yeah. 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 And it's just always like, ah, another weekend's gone by, you know, and I've gone to Ikea instead or something. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes we get in our own way and we just have to step aside and just uh, do stuff and, uh, and, and uh, work it out as you go along often. I don't think there's many people that have been a hundred percent ready to do anything. They just say, I turned up, I did it. I learned from the experience and uh, and then the next time I did it, I, I did it better, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think people would get a lot out of your workshop. So I want to come back to the fitness photography. How did that come about? What, how did you start? Uh, how long before you were shot these kids did you then start doing uh, the beautiful fitness photography that you're doing? Okay. Well, basically, um, just to say also, when I was shooting the kids, I picked a name called Sugarbox Studios. So on some of my links, you'll see 
it's still called Sugarbox Studios because I thought as ah, a family friendly name, you know, and I just picked it out of thin air kind of stuff. And um, <laughs> but when I was doing the the kids portraits and then I went out and shot all sorts of stuff, you know, like flowers, architecture, abstract, whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, who else likes having their pictures taken? And then I thought the the people that you see on social media always in front of a camera are the fitness lot. You know, yeah. they're always like taking selfies in the gym and all that. So. I started shooting um, a couple, just first I shot a couple of friends who were into their sports, like general, like one, uh, a friend who was in, into cycling. Um, so I got, uh, did a shoot with him and then a, a friend who was into golf. And then I had a friend who was a gym goer, you know, like bodybuilding. And I said, do you know any guys who are in good shape now? Cause they're not that shape all year round. No, and that's I said, like do you know for any- a day, isn't it? And then they, they sometimes, they, yeah, literally you, you eat, eat a carb and it just puffs out again. That's it. I know. And then they're like, oh, no, I'm puffy. Anyway, so uh, I, he said, oh, yeah, there's a guy at the gym, you know, uh, local gym and stuff like that. So I said, ask him if he's happy for me to come along and just take some photos of him training. And then as a trade, he gets copies of the photos, whatever I can get of the shots. And I'll just use it as practice, you know? Yeah. So um, I did that. Uh, and I did get a handful of uh, fairly decent shots and stuff that I then put on um, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And it's such a small world um, in the fitness world, kind of stuff. Everybody knows everyone. Yeah. So all I had to do was tag him, and I tagged the gym, whatever, and I even, excuse me, I tagged the um, the clothes, the clothing brand that he was wearing, or whatever, oh. you know, just to get extra reach. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden, some guy messaged me, said, "How much you charge for photo shoots?" And I was like, "I have no idea," because. Uh-huh. <laughs> Literally, the fitness shoot that I did, that first one, was free. You know, yeah. it was a portfolio builder kind of stuff. Yeah. And again, when this guy asked me for a price, I was like, um, I picked a figure out of thin air and it was way too cheap. Like, literally, it was like 75 pounds or oh something God. stupid. Yeah. I know. Literally, like, what the flip? Because, again, it, it might have been like a confidence thing, thinking, well, you know, it's it's like a couple of hours to do this photo shoot or whatever. And then if the photos aren't very good, then he's not going to be – having a go at me saying, Hey, you charge me hundreds of pounds for these crazy rubbish, you know, crappy pictures right. and stuff. So, um, I did the shoot and I probably, well, I, I remember I, t- I took way too many photos and I delivered way too many photos for the price. So you got a good deal out of me and stuff, you know, yeah. and it just started, it started there. And, and, and I was using just like shoot through umbrellas and stuff yeah. and the lighting was pretty bad i might have nailed a couple by accident you know yeah um but uh again he was you know he's a personal trainer slash bodybuilder and people knew him and then then they went on to another one and stuff and so over time gradually um i started putting my price up and then also sort of as you get you get better with your lighting and stuff and then i sort of settled on a lighting technique that i liked and i just went from there and it was like my go-to lighting setup all right, so let's um, let's go for, back to that. So let's, let's compare. So when you first started, you had did you still have your entry level DSLR? Uh, yeah. That, that first shoot, and was it with a um, the kit lens that comes with? I think I might. I probably did use. I remember using my kit lens. Um, but then I, my first lens, my pr- first prime lens, it, by the, it was a Sony camera yep. and it had, it was a, it was a Sony 50 mil. Yep. I think I was using. And, um, but this is a crop sensor, um, right. camera as well. So again, uh, it took me ages to go over to, you know, full frame and stuff and know the benefits of the, the thing. But 
like this particular Sony, it was a Sony A55, and I don't know if they still make them or if right. anybody knows that kind of camera. But anyway, just for those who are wondering what it was, it, it was it was it was no good at firing um, the uh, off-camera flash, you know, the speed lights and stuff. So and do? I had to use this. Well, basically, I had to. Um, it had this issue where basically uh, you could only sort of see through the. I can't remember if it was through the viewfinder. Um, if you popped up the actual uh, the pop up flash on the oh, camera, right. yeah, 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 that's how it would that's how it would illuminate your electronic viewfinder, right? Right. So I was like, if I was shooting in dark environments or whatever like that, you know, I was like, I can't see anything. What's going on? <laughs> so, you know, if you have the pop up flash pop up, it's obviously going to light your scene yeah. completely differently because fire in front of the front is horrible and all that. Yeah. So I had to put um uh gaffer tape duct tape on the actual speed light you know on the pop of flash yeah you know so that it wouldn't fire so uh, you know the camera would fire or whatever but you wouldn't have the light from the camera yeah. and stuff and i had i was like all these workaround kind of things i was doing and i was like what am i doing <laughs> you know but that's great I, I you're working it out by trial and error and so that first yeah. setup that you did what what inspired you to use the, that, that first uh, style of lighting that you use, which you probably you were using umbrellas, which I, I still to this day think are a great first uh, lighting modifier because it, it throws light everywhere through an umbrella and it's kind of hard to get it wrong and it's a good way to sort of get your feet wet in the off-camera flash world. What was your inspiration for that first style of lighting? Had you seen a YouTube video or anything like that? How did you work that out? No, I think it's because that's all I had. Yeah. Because <laughs> – you know, I had the I had the shoot through umbrellas from uh, the studio thing that I was doing. You know, with the kids' photos for light in the background, yeah. the infinite white, because yeah. I knew they just throw light everywhere. Yeah, they you know they're great, they're cheap and whatever, but they're not good for fitness lighting right. and stuff. Because you know, I need the I need the uh, the contrast. You know, yeah. to uh, to light their shadows and stuff. And but I did. I worked with the um, shoot through umbrellas for a while and stuff. And and um, it was just it was literally that. It was just like this. All I had was these shoot through umbrellas. And, and and even in the studio thing, my main light was also um, an umbrella, but it was like you know um, a silver. It was like a what? What do you call it? That you bounce the light yeah, back. Yeah, reflective. Kind of stuff, yeah. You know. It, yeah, it wasn't a softbox kind of thing. You know, and it was. Um, and I can't remember when I switched to softbox, but it made all the difference. So at so, this point, when you're doing these first shoots, was your eye sophisticated enough to know what you wanted to get, but you couldn't quite achieve it with the umbrella, or were you just very happy? Because I'll, I'll be honest, when I did my first photo shoots, if if they were sharp, and there was an, uh, an exposure there, I was doing laps like a soccer player with their <laughs> shirt off. I was just going, "This is my my photos are the best in the world," and then you start to realise that they're not. And your eye gets more sophisticated and you realize it's like, hang on a minute. No, I've got so much to learn. But so was that a, a typical reaction of you as well? Or did you know your limitations even at that point? Well, I think I was kind of like, I was, I was winging it for a lot of yeah. it because again, I didn't know I was shooting my lighting, uh, the, the way I would put up my, um, the light stands, I, you know, you'd have the subject and I was, I would literally have the two lights on either side, yeah. just like a side lighting. Yeah. And you can get some good stuff like that, but, yeah. uh, that is not how I would light it now. Um, just using the side lighting or whatever, you know? And, uh, I was just going to say something and I completely forgot. It was, um, oh yeah, that, the, the, what happened? I did one particular shoot 
And um, I showed the photos from that shoot and a few other ones to the gym owner. Now, obviously, he was, I think he was used to be a competitive bodybuilder. He's been in the industry for a while and he's seen loads of proper bodybuilding photos. And I remember him saying that my photos lack something, that they're not that good. And I was like, <gasps> how very dare you? <laughs> you know, I was like, and, but at the same time, no, it wasn't like an ego, how dare you criticize my photos? It was mm -hmm. more like, I will study the masters kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I was like, right, okay. If I want to, if I want to, if I want to break into this kind of fitness scene and stuff, I need to get better. And I need to figure out what is the look that people like and stuff, you know, and how are they liking it and why, you know, how are they editing their shots, et cetera. So I would, um, after that, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to look at it. Even though, you know, the shots that I showed him, they weren't that bad, but you know, from where those photos were to what I was then later shooting like three years down the line, yeah. you could see a big, you know, a big difference. Yeah, a huge difference. And you, Did I you, answer your question? <laughs> style, yeah, your style has uh, evolved uh, very quickly. Um, just as an aside, do you know where I was taught how to uh, photograph fitness models? You're a UK lad. You might know who this guy is or you might not be old enough actually. But um, there is a an Australian based singer. His name was Peter Andre, and he yeah, because I know him. He was known for his abs, <laughs> right? And I had to yeah, shoot yeah, yeah. him and in a gym. Uh, Valerie was there right. actually at, at that shoot as well, and he he sent me a uh, lighting notes before the shoot, and he said, "I want down lighting," and I'm like. What the hell yeah. is downlighting? <laughs> and then I had to go and look it up and research it and it all made perfect sense. But get this, I would take a frame and then he would go, okay, wait, and he would drop and do crunches <laughs> between each frame. Oh, he did 10 crunches <laughs> between each frame. And, yeah, I lit him using this downlighting system. So that's where the first time I ever heard about like, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's how you show off the muscles. So... Who yeah. was your inspiration for uh, photographing fitness models? Well, <laughs> do you know, people ask that. I said, who's your sort of like, you know, who do you look to as in photography and stuff? I mean, I don't really have anyone in particular. What I get is I just get inspired by lots of stuff. I'm always on Instagram looking at different feeds or Pinterest and yeah. stuff, you know. But I, I just get it from everywhere. It can be anything, you know, a, a color palette or something or you know, we'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, the um, in, with the Photoshop stuff, the composites, then I can pick something from some random sci-fi picture or fantasy picture, and you know, I I get influenced like that. But no, with the with the fitness stuff, I think, like I said, my my go-to lighting technique kind of thing is the downlighting thing, yeah. and I kind of stumbled upon it because I was like, man, if I put the softbox by here, it looks so much better, <laughs> yeah. you know. As in, because I shot mostly with men. Yeah. Um, and uh, there you like guys differently to women. And uh, as long as their abs, like abs for men are like a butt to women. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's as in like, that's what they are most proud of. If guys yeah. have got abs, they want their abs to look the best or whatever, generally, you know. So um, I was like, I'm not so worried about that. And that muscle on the abs as well, Raheem. The yeah, the oblique, that runs the oblique. Down no, we call it the gift. Oh, it's, it's the V, it's the, the V gift. thing. I, it can... <laughs> the gift. Go on, what is it? <laughs> the gift. <laughs> the gift. <laughs> well, okay, it's, 
it's either the uh, the the obliques, which is like right on the side of the abs, sort of on your ribs, yeah. which kind of look when you're ripped, it looks like someone's got their fingers in your in your side, yeah, kind of thing. And then, or it's the V, you know, which is on the front, kind of like you know, pointing towards the groin, yes, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, most of the guys they don't really care if the lighting isn't great on their face, you know, as long as their physique, their 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 body, their torso, whatever looks great. They're happy days. So, I mean, because the thing was with downlighting, sometimes you'll get um, you'll get photographers say, "Oh, the light's not great. There's harsh shadow under their chin, mm. or there's shadow under their eyes." You know, like that. Um, you're, you're you're not lighting enough on their eyes, and I'm like, "Dude, you're looking in the wrong place." <laughs> you know, for for a, for a physique shoot, nobody, the guys that, that I'm doing, my clients don't care about their shadow under their neck. They yeah. just want their physique to look good, you know. So the downlighting position um, is I basically have my softbox pretty much pointing flat to the floor. And I will have it three feet, four feet in front of them, depending yeah. on, you know, my light output. And basically I use the um, – it's the edge of the the softbox. It's the edge like that. And it catches them. Um, and – it's I have to dial it in kind of stuff, you know, as you do with your softboxes and whatever. Yeah. You have to position it correctly. But uh, that does it. You know, so you can do it either with – you can you can get some great dramatic shots just with one single softbox. Yeah. And I was using a 20-inch by – I think it was a 20-inch by 20-inch softbox. So really small and they're cheap and whatever, easy yeah. to get on eBay, very common. And you can light an entire physique with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so single light. And then eventually – I would use a two light setup, but then I, w- I didn't like the symmetry of it. I wanted to light, you know, both sides, edge lights. So two, so I was uh, using... two lights on the facing the person, like no, no, single single key light, and then two edge lights, you right. know, two okay. sort of lights, kind of yeah. stuff, you know. So um, you you then light them from the back, yep. Um, and, you know, it it creates that nice even symmetry then because yep. they lit from um, from everywhere, kind of stuff, and it's yep. it's just you dial the lighting ratios, you know. Yeah. The Joel Grome style, style, and and all, every movie yeah, yeah. poster you see is, is uses that yeah, lighting, exactly. uh, and yeah. that's all with speed lights, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for years, again, I was cheap, so I was I was using the cheapest equipment I could, and I still I still use them, and yeah. they're battered now, so it is time for an upgrade. I must admit, um, but yeah, I use these cheap Yongnuo speed yeah, lights, they're fantastic. Which, yeah, they're fine. Fantastic. I mean, they. Yeah, so I. Mean, the thing is, what my I think I did buy a more expensive um, speed light, and I can't remember the brand, um, but they it cost more than twice the amount of these young newer speed lights. But mm-hmm. it had one of the the manual um, things on the back. It didn't have a digital display. It was like you know, and I was like, I can't even read this speed light. <laughs> I don't even know how it works, and it broke, you know, and it cost me twice as much. Yeah, there you and, go. And I was like. Oh, you know these these cheap speed lights. They these I know Yongnuo do several different ones and they have better level kind of things. But mine that I started with, like I said, I had two weeks to get this stuff together uh, to be, you know to get the stuff for the thing, and I didn't have the money to buy more expensive stuff. And um, you know they they worked for me and they worked a while because you know I was always standing within a, a range of about ten feet of the the speed lights. I didn't need them to be you know. Um, ttl or whatever or to be able to be fired from half a mile down the road and all that and they worked fine you know it's just um the the they eat batteries and stuff like that and the power output 
and other different things and stuff. So I just basically, I want to get better speed lights, but I was mostly shooting with speed lights, but now I've also got a flash unit, which is um, like a it's Godox 360. Yeah. Fantastic you know, as well. Amazing yeah, lights. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and it does it for me for most of the stuff I do. And if I put that thing on, like, you know, I know it's um, a 360 flash, but at full power, there's plenty of light, you know? So, and I know obviously you, you can get lots more power than that, but uh, for the one-on-one portrait stuff that I do, or, you know, two people, three people, whatever, even group shots, that thing will do it, you know? What so if- I, I use that because I just needed more power yeah, more and uh, a battery pack. Yeah. So what about when you're lighting women? Are you bringing in a, a, because often when I'm lighting fitness shots, I'll do, uh, there'll be one light to light the body and then I'll bring in another light just on the face, just to give it a pop, just to clean up the face and get rid of those uh, heavy shadows in the eyes and things like that. Are you doing that for women or are you just like changing the angle of the light to just to get them maybe a bit flatter, a bit, bit more flattering light? Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know why I didn't think You've never that. done that? That's <laughs> yeah. the, 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 you can have that there. There you go. Make sure you give me a shout-out <laughs> when you use it, Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I have used your lighting techniques because I downloaded your e-books and stuff, when I, and, and, stuff and I have used them on, on shoots and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I might use that one again. No, what I tend to do is, um, yeah, I just bring the light down and I readjust the uh, I adjust the, the softbox so it's a bit more front-on. Yeah. You know, so it's a bit more flat light and stuff. It depends on the 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 woman that i'm doing a shoot with if it's a female bodybuilder yeah. and she's pretty much as ripped as a guy if you know what i mean yeah. you know then i will almost like them the same mm. um whereas if it's like a bikini model type you know and they're not as you know ripped or yeah. drier as they call it whatever then i will do more um softer more modeling style uh lighting so yeah it's just a matter of bringing uh i often shoot with a grid on so, my softbox. So that's but just containing the lighting a lot more and you're not spreading the light and it's, uh, it makes the light a little bit harder, I think, and it's just focusing yeah, yeah, yeah. the light yeah. on the model rather than spreading it everywhere, which is a great idea. And those little – most softboxes you can buy those uh, grids that just uh, attach on with the, like Velcro, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they come some some of them depends what you get. I mean, they mine always come with the softbox, you know. So the um, I don't have to buy them separately and whatever. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I shoot with a grid because it I also it, it does make um it, it controls the light and stuff, and it just adds a more contrast almost, you know. So, but for for the um for the girls and stuff, I'll take it off. Yeah, and so bear in mind that these these fitness models, they're um. They're actually they diet down to get to that extreme. It's like people walking around, even in the fitness industry, don't look like that um, three hundred every day of the year. So, so they might look like that for a day, and uh, and then they'll their their bodies like they'll put on a little bit more body fat. So, so when you see those fitness covers and and shots like yours, that that's at their the peak of their fitness. So, are you working with the models to sort of you're planning out maybe a month out or six weeks out to give them time to to get into shape for the shoot? Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's it literally is because um, you know with a wedding that you you've set the date and 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 that's perfect and that's a one time event and so with the with their um, uh, these photo shoots and stuff it might be that they they're dieting down for a competition so 
you know, they know, and it's a science. It's it's crazy the yeah. amount of control they have over their bodies. Um, they will then book the photo shoot, say either the well, they don't tend to be the day of the shoot um, uh, or the day of the the or the day before of the um, competition. It's usually the day after. Yeah. Um, but it has to be as close to the competition as possible because they've been starving themselves for twenty weeks or something, yeah. and they just want to go and eat. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, uh, the the other thing is is it's. It's, it's almost a little bit of one of the reasons why I felt like I wanted to move out of the fitness world is that I feel like, um, especially with social media and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, it's not always a healthy image, if you know what I mean. It's not a healthy lifestyle to portray because I think there are younger kids out there, whatever, who think, oh, to be healthy, you have to have a six pack. And, six, so you and have that's to, 6%, 6 to 8% body fat. And like you lose, it, it, it's, they're close to death, really. They're that dehydrated. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's, yeah. And, but, but what people don't understand is that that's not something that you can, you can look like for, for the entire year. There is a lot of, um, uh, extreme dieting that go, and it's not necessarily weightlifting that will get to that point. It's the dieting. No. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it's 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 the dieting, and then obviously you know the whole thing where a lot of people they they take extra things to help them achieve yeah. these kind of results and stuff. Yeah. And I just um, I'm not saying everybody does because I know for a fact I have um, I've done shoots with people who are clean bodybuilders, clean if you know what I mean. Builders, yeah. Natural bodybuilders, yeah. And they are like sh as shredded, yeah. but they just don't look as big, you know, or whatever, you know. So, um, but they still you can get a six pack. Uh, naturally, <laughs> but it's it's just um, yeah. It was it was just that I was doing it for a little while and stuff, and I just thought like I started doing other kinds of shoots with costumes and uh, on cool locations, and I was like I was kind of enjoying that more than shooting in a gym and doing the yeah. same sort of you know same sort of shots. And I was like I want to try something different. I want to get into the other stuff, but just just coming back to the fitness stuff, I think uh, a couple of things stood out to me about the fitness photography that you were doing. And I think while, why you became so popular, uh, and, uh, the, the work was so successful was the fact that you also are a gym lover, right? You, you, you understand the culture of the gym and what's involved. And I think that when you're directing the models, having an idea of, uh, you know, what makes a good physique, and how to to pose and angle them and and light them uh, really was the reason that these shots were successful. And secondly, uh, it's your editing, Raheem, which is beautiful. So where did you learn uh, the 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 editing style? Because that's that's the difference between so like you can get a anyone with a camera can go out and use daylight or maybe you know get lucky with a flash and take a good shot. But to be able to know how to edit an image, it really took your stuff to the next level. And I think that's why it stood out. How did you uh, learn that? Was it, again, the same as your lighting? You just went out and said, right, well, how do you do this and how do you do that? Yeah, it's, 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 it was a bit of, um, you know, trial and error um, process with the editing because if you look at some of my earlier stuff, it was a lot sort of, darker and do you, incidentally do you mean my composite style editing or my just um stuff that isn't a composite so you've, know, you've you know. done both like I, I i think the like i'm talking about the fitness stuff where you're just editing them right. and giving them that really edgy look and just it, it they just look really polished and you know when yeah, you look yeah, at these yeah. images and you go these were done with speed lights that's uh shows a level of skill there because 
you know, they, they don't look like they're shot with speed lights. They look like, you know, professional studio images. So, you know, that's a credit to you, Rahim, and your Thank talent. You. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is, this is what, one of the things um, I, I, I want to. Uh, that's why a lot of people sort of like um, approach me as well because they like you can like you've lit that with forty with yeah. like you know forty pound speed lights and stuff. I said, yeah, you can do it, but you need to kind of know what you're doing and you need to be good in Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> you know because if they saw the photos straight out of camera, lots of my stuff, and I'm happy to put my hands up for this, it looks awful, you know, and I, so because I've been using Photoshop for 20 years, that I'm able to salvage and turn a picture around, but I need to have the fundamentals there in yeah. the image that I've got something to work with, do you know what I mean? But, um, no, with the, with the, uh, my editing style, um, one of the first things I was, I was playing around in the role. I never used to shoot, uh, when I started, I, I used to just shoot JPEG only and I didn't have raw or whatever yeah. you know yes. yes so then um then i started shooting raw on jpeg or whatever and i started editing in raw and i was like this is bloody amazing yeah you know the control you've got and everything the way you can push an image and stuff and i was just playing around with the sliders one day you know to see what each slider does and then i found the clarity slider mm. and i was like this makes everything pop <laughs> you know um and so because i was doing shoots with guys um because you got to be careful with the clarity, as with all the sliders, you got to be yeah. careful with the clarity slide because it affects the skin yeah. itself. You know, kind of it makes everything um, gritty and detailed, and, and you know. Yeah. But if you're doing a shoot with a bodybuilder who's in the photo is screaming his head off and his veins are popping, it looks awesome. It <laughs> you know, does. if you it's slide amazing. this. It, it does, but it makes everything in the image pop, and you know the detail comes out in everything. So, if it's a shot in a in a gym and you've got all the machines everywhere, everything just comes out. And then, I was like, I did that for a while, you know, and it's like the guys were happy with it because it looked, it made them look like they're flipping in a movie somewhere, whatever, you know. But then I was like, I started dialing that back a bit, you know, because it was just a bit too much, yeah, and stuff. So it was affecting their skin too much for my liking and stuff. So. I would bring the clarity slider down a bit um, and then with the uh, selective brush tool, I would just paint, I would reduce the amount of clarity on their faces yeah. in particular. So their bodies look like nice and detailed and stuff. I would, I don't know, put it on 50% instead yeah. of 100 or whatever, you know. So it's almost as if, you know, people do dodge and burn yeah. stuff. Um, I suck at dodge and burn, so it was a quicker way of doing almost like a similar dodge and burn, as in it's bringing out the details using the clarity slider. Yeah. Um, and then I would just dial back the amount of clarity on their faces because it would bring out all sorts of wrinkles in their faces and stuff. And I was yeah. like, right, I'll just bring that back a bit. And then I would do um, a lot of sort of cloning and spot healing kind of stuff because, you know, some of the guys will have spots and scars and the, like everybody and does. pimples from when they've waxed. You know things like that. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, that's or sort of if thing. they're they're cold as well. What what do you do if it's a cold day? Because you know where you live, it probably was, and so that oh the, yes, the, the sure. skin <laughs> tends to look like it gets all all uh, goose pimply. What what do you do about that? Yeah, do you yeah. have a heater or or do you just have to Actually, like smooth that out? No, I've not. I've I've been lucky then. Um, they've not had it. You know, right. the goosebumps. So they must have been warm enough. Yeah. Um. Although I have shot in gyms when it's been freezing, so, but I've not noticed it. That's that's really weird. Um, 
I would hate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, if I had a smooth eye goosebumps, can you imagine? Yeah. Um, oh, well, frequency separation all over, isn't it? You'd oh have to be God. trying all that. It's a big job. But the, like, yeah. that, that clarity, uh, br- brushing on the clarity is a great tip. And you can also, I, I do that in Lightroom with the adjustment brush as well. So you can just, yeah. uh, and it's a <coughs> great way to breed, bring out uh, detail in hair, detail and texture in people's hair. And also if they're wearing leather or jeans, and you can just selectively add clarity to the areas and and the the skin tones that looks nice and smooth and because otherwise it does have a an aging uh, effect on skin mm-hmm. so so it's not ideal um your images overall really it, like it, it shows the industry that you you're working in that, that they've got a real cinematic quality uh, to them and obviously you know working on t- in TV that that's uh, you know kind of a nod to the industry that you're in so all your composite images and the stuff that you're doing now where you, you're doing, um, do you call it, is it cosplay or the, the fantasy world or um, all of that sort of stuff? What, what's inspiring you there and why are you loving it so much? Well, it's, it's uh, yeah, cosplay is massive, you yeah. know, worldwide kind of, you know, people like dressing up as their favourite characters and stuff. Um, but uh, one of the things I'm trying to kind of, say when I say to people the kind of stuff I do, I try not to use the word cosplay because I think it has a little bit of a um, a thing in people's minds where they think it's something that kids do at Comic-Con. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? It's just yeah. like they just, you know, it's something for the geeks or whatever. They all get dressed up and they all, you know, they dress like Spider-Man and they get their kicks out of it or whatever. But I want it to be more um, kind of more epic feeling and stuff, you know? So I just, I try to just not use cosplay and I just say more about costumes and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, basically the, the, the way I kind of got into that is, um, I met a photographer, um, who, uh, was also interviewed on the photo of his ex <laughs> podcast. Yeah. He's, Andrew um, does work, doesn't he? <laughs> oh yes. He, he gets everyone. <laughs> he does. Um, uh, yeah, he, basically this photographer moved into, um, the city that I live in and stuff. And he happened to be like a mile up the road from me. He was living there for a year, but he happened to be Finland's top portrait photographer. Wow. He has like, he's an award-winning photographer. He's a digital artist and stuff. And um, he does, he did lots of that sort of like costume stuff and composites and things. And his work is amazing. And I was like, right, I want to have a go. <laughs> yeah. I just want to try it, you know, cause I'd never really tried. I'd done it like once a bit of a composite once or twice or whatever, you know, but I thought, no, I will specifically, get a couple of people together with costumes and um, I'll try, you know, create some uh, composites and stuff. Of course, I did it all wrong. The costumes were great, but I lit it badly and the yeah. backdrop was sucked. So I, I really had my work cut out for me in Photoshop. I was like, this is terrible. I've done this all wrong. But I still, I managed to save it, you know, as um, and work with it and stuff. So I did these um, shoots with, you know, it was like a barbarian themed fantasy kind of, uh, theme shoot and the the guy and the girl that I did a shoot with they had big social media following and stuff and literally as soon as they put the pictures on within the day I got like five people messaging me how much you charge for these kind of things fantastic you know? I hope you um, put your prices up by now yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> and also because of the amount because of the amount of work the post-production work you know yeah. I would give them less photos you know for more yeah more cost kind of thing so yeah. it's it's simply because the amount of work that you got to put into it it just takes yeah. so long um but uh, again, that first that first barbarian shoot was a portfolio kind of free in inverted commas kind of shoot, you know, just to test the water, see if I liked it, if I can do it and what I could do. Yeah. Um, and then and then I started doing a couple more. A guy um, from uh, a city called Bath, which is in England, um, 
saw the, these barbarian photos and he's like, I want to dress up as a Spartan and, um, you know, do some cool Spartan composites and stuff, you know, and he's the guy, you can see the, uh, one of the pictures yeah. I sent you, the in one the, he's covered in, the, in blood. In, in the show notes, you can find that at com, and that's amazing. Did you... Um, did you put the blood on his body? Tell me you didn't Photoshop yeah. that. I, I was going to say that because yeah, I did. And then you found the right. <laughs> they're amazing. That whole series uh, is is amazing, and that that's a, a very nice body too. But I'm just appreciating it from an art perspective. Of um, course, of course, that body is real, by the way. <laughs> there looks, is no enhancement of bodies. Uh, you it know. looks like he's made of stone. Um, but that, uh, that image is sensational. Thanks. I just wanted, basically, um, we just, I always do this with all my shoots. We discuss it a lot beforehand, you know, and um, plan things out and whatever. But he's, he, uh, we shot that in his living, uh, in his living room against the wall. It was just a plain wall, you know, and, and again, with two um, cheap speed lights and stuff, you know, and it's very simple. We didn't have to go anywhere, you know, so um, we, uh, I just, I told him beforehand, I said, watch 300 watch a few trailers yeah. of this and that and you need to get into character yeah. for this shoot i said i know i'll feel a bit stupid or whatever but if you don't sell the expression then i'm not buying the image if you know what i mean so it's it's one of the one of the important things is i always say to them like if we're doing these sort of uh costume things is to you have to get into character yeah things so um yeah that that particular shoot uh again i think I got too enthusiastic in the sense that I gave them, I gave them too much for what I was charging. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, be that the number of images that I deliver or the amount of time that I spent right. editing these images, because I was like, I really, cause I was enjoying it, you know? Yeah. So I could have given him um, lesser edited shots or whatever. Cause I mean, if you look at the photos, I, I mean, I can still now nitpick looking at that picture. There's things that I still think oh, I haven't got that quite right. And, you know, I would have done this slightly better now because I've learned better techniques since. Yeah. Um, but like all the scratches that you see on the shields and stuff, I did that with wow. brushes by hand. And, That's you know, all the, 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 the flame embers, all the blood that I put painted on him and stuff. And, yeah. you know, um, the series of images that I got from that shoot, um, I mean, you don't, not all of them are winners or whatever, but I did think there were some good ones, you know, amongst those, amongst the actual composites. Uh, and then there was the ones that I did with him at the Roman baths which yes. is like a location shoot. And um, again, I did, I, most of those were just, you know, single speed light um, shots. And then uh, they, all the, all these um, can be seen on my YouTube channel. Again, they're in the yeah. show notes, look at the link or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see, uh, you know, the other shots from that set. Um, but I loved it. And then, and then because I was doing these costume things and I was going on cool locations, I was like, I want to do more of this, you yeah. know, I, I like people dressing up, playing a part, and then shooting on a location rather than in a studio type setting or in a gym, you know. So uh, I started planning to do a bit more of that. And they're amazing. And and the thing is, with with this sort of stuff, with the photo composites, you're not going to know what works and what doesn't work until you actually do it. And then you go, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The different color background will help etching out the, the person from the background or, you know, using backlighting as opposed to not using backlighting. And I find this image isn't backlit at all, is it? So it sits in that skyline really well. And it's in the doing that you learn, isn't it? Oh, totally, totally. This is this is one of the things because um, from from your uh, podcast, the interview, the Photo Biz X one, the five years ago and stuff, where you were saying about um, doing your own shoots, you know, mm -hmm. and hustling and, and and just, you know, 
you got to if if you don't go out and, and practice these things then you're never going to really get better <laughs> or know that you have a love for it or the talent for it you know you have to and and i've 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 told this to people who have talked about it recently on on photography groups and stuff cuz uh whether you should work for free you know what i mean like um when I say working for free, I, as in I say that in inverted commas kind of stuff, uh, in the sense that if you know that you're going to benefit from doing a particular uh, shoot, be that like a portfolio builder, making yeah. contacts with, I don't know, big names or something yeah. like that, and you can see that you will benefit from this in the long run, uh, do it. You know, if even if it's stuff that you can blog about or share on, you know, uh, Petapixel or Board Panda or the big, you know, the photography blogs, if they feature you, your name goes with it. And yeah. the more and nobody nobody necessarily will know that you did that for free, <laughs> you know, as a portfolio building shoot. They just look at the images and the quality of the work and go, this guy's got some talent or whatever, you know. And um, that's that's kind of how you build. Not everyone wants to do this. They don't. A lot of people don't care about that. But. You know, if you want to build your name and your reputation, then you gotta, you know, you gotta put yourself out there and don't sit on your hands waiting for work to fall into your lap or be of the attitude that like I'm a professional, I pay for insurance on my camera kit. I'm not gonna take it out the bag until somebody pays me. You know, no, I, no, 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 I, I, I totally disagree. And I think that you know, if you're going to make it in this industry, it's absolutely essential that you shoot folio. Uh, the, the the one thing I'll never do is uh, shoot. I'll never call it a free shoot. So it's either you, fa yeah, you pay full yeah. price or it's uh, it's folio. And that's what you, and, and I think that's the mistake that maybe new photographers make is they're saying, yeah, I'll do it for free. You never use that word free. You say, hey, I'm building my folio and I'd love to photograph you in exchange for your um, coming along and, and, and allowing me to take your shot. I'm going to give you a, a print. And, uh, and, you know, and then you can take it further. And if you want to respect your time and the effort that goes into it, then anything after that, they can, they can buy, they can buy off you because you've already given them one great image. But then that is how that, that, that is all on your terms. So you're going to choose the lighting, you're going to choose the look of it and everything because it's your shoot. And from there, you're only going to be a better photographer. And even as a professional photographer, if you're not doing a folio shoot at least once a month, your work is going to go in a direction that you don't want to go. You'll just be end up just hacking out the same stuff and you'll turn around and go, how come my stuff looks like it's still 1980 and everyone's moved ahead? <laughs> so I think, it's, I think it's the most important thing that you can do as an artist. Because totally. all, all those, the pay... The paid gigs never look like these shots, Raheem. The paid gigs that you get, like if you know, once you're a commercial photographer, you end up doing like you know, people in a a brightly lit bedroom, and it's like you know, it, there's art directors going, no, no, the lamp needs to be here, and it's like, and the, the shot is so clinical. They pay the big bucks. Uh, this arty stuff, that's the stuff that you feed your family with the commercial work. You feed your soul with the artwork. I think it's so important. So I think you've done a good yeah. thing. So that got your name out there and uh, and you're building up a, a really good profile. And the final thing that I want to touch on is you've you, your YouTube videos are fantastic. Uh, firstly, what is that a GoPro that you're shooting with? Because they're super wide. Yeah, no, it's not. It's it's um, they don't make them anymore. It's a Canon, um, a Canon Legria. 
right. Mini X. <laughs> what a yeah. name. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a little flip cam. It was originally made for like um, YouTube uh, bedroom musicians and stuff because the microphone on it is really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, vloggers and all that kind of stuff. And it was designed so that people, if you know, um, if they go to like expos or whatever, they can hold the camera at arm's length and they can ho- have two people in the shop. Yeah, kind of stuff, you know, and uh, yeah, I love it. It's it's not it's not a, it's not an action camera, so you have got to be careful with it and stuff. But because it's so wide, I know some people don't like that big fisheye look. But yeah. on on photo shoots, it's handy because you can see me and the light setup and the client. You know, you can see the entire scene. And you're very you know, so. uh, confident on, on um, in front of the camera, and you you cover you cover everything. And it, it, sometimes it looks like you've got two or three camera setups, but you you really you can see your background in in uh, in television and editing because I'm sure you're shooting this to make it easier for your edit down the track. Because you you covering I can see you covering off all the angles, and you'll know that I'm going to speak to the camera here, but then I'm going to show everyone what I'm talking about. So you cover everything. So that's why your uh, YouTube video. Uh, such a great learning tool um is there anything else i mean i i could uh i'll have to have you back because it's like i've only just touched on uh <laughs> half the stuff and i know you have to go to work today as well unfortunately um otherwise yeah. I, i'd get you back but the 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 latest stuff that you do and now are you moving into as well as the the fantasy sort of stuff that you're doing are you doing uh more commercial stuff as well are you starting to do headshots and you know more generic style shoots as well well with it with the head the the headshot stuff is i mean i've done a few of those and that's you know that's kind of easy and i do get a lot of people um not a lot i get you know a, a few people asking for headshots like linkedin style stuff like that yeah and i i quite I fancied going down that route a little bit because I could shoot that at home. You know, I've got, I have had people come here and and I don't have to go anywhere. You know, they can literally, they just rock up. I've got my lights set up and take some photos and it's fairly sort of straightforward and things. But I just think I, it's not much of a creative outlet, you know, doing yeah. that sort of um, headshots. But just quickly, the um, there is one particular photo shoot that I'm still trying to organize. And I have spoken to this guy. There's an actor who lives in my city who just happens to be, quite a big name kind of thing and he's a friend he's a friend of a friend and this is how again from doing a um folio shoot Mm -hmm. led to this other shoot which again will lead an open doors kind of stuff because this guy is um a name he's he's in a movie on netflix right now he's got a series coming out on sky atlantic today uh no tomorrow and stuff and basically I met with him and I said, let's just do these headshots because he said he doesn't want to dress up in costume because if he's in a costume, people are going to think it's for a film. Right. But um, he said, let's do these stylized headshots where it's like, you know, shoulder up kind of stuff. And yeah. I said, you can still do costumes, um, but we will, uh, you know, have different style of costumes. He can do some character stuff with his face and I'll work my magic in Photoshop. You know, and I said, all I want you to do is basically tell people who did took these photos, <laughs> you yeah. know, I said, and, and, and that's how it goes. And I thought I might as well work to my strengths because I've got contacts in the TV world. And if that's where I want to go, I might as well, you know, um, try and work off of what I've got. You know, Art, people know people and that's definitely, how it works. Definitely. And, you know, my dad always used to say, if you don't ask, 
you don't get. There, the, you, you will lose nothing by asking. And, and do you know what? Most people are often flattered by the idea of uh, being photographed and they'll, they'll end up saying yes. And uh, who knows where it could lead you? And it seems like uh, that's how your career has gone so far. You go, well, what happens if I do this? And maybe I'd like mm. to try that. And it's just being curious and being passionate and also having having the work ethic to back it all up, where do you see yourself in the next five years? <laughs> uh, hopefully, if I can if I can keep pushing with the um, actors and stuff, yeah. uh, I want to be shooting more of that kind of, you know, what I want to do is the um, character stills yeah. that you see for film and TV, you oh. know, um, these poster-style stuff. So uh, that would be me, really cool. Let me... Let me um, just gaze into my crystal ball. So we're in uh, May 2019. I reckon in five years' time, uh, you'll be big in the TV and film industry in not only your country, but like, yeah, bigger than that. So that's my prediction for you. Hopefully in Australia as well, so we can actually meet. All over the place, because, yeah, Yeah. you've come so far in the last five years, and it's just bringing together everything that you know, your personality, everything you do, the way you go about it. I I reckon you'll be huge, and it's just like, you know, if there's any takeaways from the the people listening to this, it's just just ask and just – just do it, basically. Get out there and see what happens. And it's not – you don't need all the fancy gear, but focus on the technique and just uh, make sure you get out there and do a lot of photo shoots. Yeah, put yourself out there and, and prove to people what you can do because if nobody know, if you just stay at home, nobody knows you exist. So you have to go out there and put – yeah, just put yourself out there, basically. And I've had paid gigs come off doing those portfolio gigs, so it works. Yeah, so I will put all the links to your Facebook page and uh, your uh, – you, you do have a website. Uh, I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. So there you go. There's a rahimphoto.co.uk and then there's your YouTube channel and uh, also your Insta page So and uh, also you're in the Facebook group so people can come along and uh, say hello to you there. So – for now, I'm going to let you get back to work. Is there anything I've missed or uh, you got any workshops coming up or anything in the UK? Or talk? <laughs> I've got workshops, I got workshops planned fit- in my head. <laughs> so there's a – Rahim's doing a fitness workshop in the next few months, I believe. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, say, say in, in, in two weeks' time. <laughs> in two weeks' time. So just hit him up for that. So, um, Rahim, it's been fantastic uh, chatting to you. I'll get you back on uh, down the track to uh, find out how that TV career is going for you as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for your <laughs> thank time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Oh, thank you. It's been awesome. All right, there we go. So that was Rahim Mustafa. And uh, if you want to check out his website, it's Rahim Photo, that's R-A-H-I-M Photo dot co dot UK. And we'll put all of his social media links in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. And do check out his website. He's got some really cool um, images there and a lot of uh, images of some pretty fit people as well that I can't believe have um, abs in the way that they do. But anyway, rahimphoto.co.uk. Cool. Um, 
And so this brings us almost to the end of this week's podcast. What's happening? What else are you doing until we talk? Okay, so Val, I just upgraded my phone and I've put it off for like my contract has been over for uh, six or seven months and my phone, I actually, it fell off out of my back pocket as I was riding Stella, my scooter, and it got run over by a car. I've changed this. I avoided upgrading the phone because, and with a cracked screen, it doesn't charge (laughs) properly. And the reason is that I, I hate doing all of that where you've got to update the phone and download all the data and transfer it all. I would have But happily... doesn't it just happen at the press oh, of the button? It's just so annoying to me. And it's like okay. here's here's my list of things I would rather pay someone to do or contra. Okay. So uh, uh, update the phone and mm-hmm. also put petrol in my car. These are the you, two things. And why so, it, do you hate putting petrol in your car so I bad? I just don't like doing it. I just like. But why? Rather, I just wish those people that came and put the petrol in for you, check your tires, cleaned your windscreen, were around. And you know what? I would happily really? swap. I would happily, if someone did that for me, I would vacuum for them and cook for them because they're the two things that I would happily do all day long. I love oh to vacuum. God. I find it very meditative. I, it, I would. I would rather put petrol in my car and transfer data on my phone. Okay, so here's the deal, Val. You fill my car with petrol (laughs) and do the phone upgrade and I'll come around and I'll vacuum and cook for you. Swap. It's a a happy contract. What would you hate to do and happily pay someone? Oh, What's the one mop? I hate mopping. Mm. Get a steam mop. Yeah, I have a steam mop. Yeah, that's fun. No. No. It's not. I don't like mopping. Um, Just cleaning generally Mm. is not my favourite thing. No. I like um, vacuuming and leaf blowing because it's very satisfying. No, 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 no. Mm. Because you just blow the leaves somewhere else. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's very satisfying to see that, like, the whole area is free of leaves. But you've just blown them somewhere else. It doesn't matter, Val. It's still satisfying. Oh, my God. And spreadsheets okay. also I would hate. Someone else Someone else can do that. I can, cannot cope. You know that already <laughs> about me. Okay. <laughs> this is really weird. Anyway, I'm sure people aren't interested in what we don't like doing. Um, <laughs> no, tell us thanks. what you don't like to do or what you'd happily. I listeners, you. Let us know. No, no, no. The listeners can let us oh. know. What they would happily um, yes. get someone else to do for them, these little mundane tasks. And All who right. else loves let- vacuuming? Tell me. <laughs> All right, so let us know and make sure that you're in the listener community on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. So many awesome people from all over the world. Uh, and so we're going to wrap up now. Where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. At all social media is at Gina Militia, so Twitter and Instagram. And if you are thinking of taking your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. So check out my goal community and you can find that at ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? 
Yeah, it's a pretty awesome community. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Instagram and Twitter and uh, over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMalisha.com.